You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. Uh, if you brought your Bibles, let's turn to the book of uh, Mark chapter 10. We're going to be reading from verse 17 through to 22 out of the book of Mark chapter 10, a sermon entitled, What's Missing? Uh, there was a a police car that uh, pulled up to the front of Grandma Bessie's house. And out of it rolled out Grandpa, uh, who basically was escorted by the police officers, explained that Grandpa had uh, uh, gotten lost in the park, couldn't find his way home, and so we gave him a, a lift home. Grandma Bessie was ultimately shocked and turned to Morris and said, You've been going to that park for 30 years. You've never gotten lost. Why now? Morris just leaned close to Grandma Betsy so that the police officer couldn't hear him, whispered, I wasn't lost. I was just too tired to walk back home. Now, the truth is that we all in our lives have recognized when something is missing. Maybe we're feeling tired or fatigued. Maybe we've gone through something and we didn't see the outcome we exactly want. Or just in a more practical way, we started to make a meal and we forgot that key ingredient. Or we've been working on a little hobby, but yet recognize that we missed that one part, uh, that one screw that would have helped everything, or in construction, you're there, and in order to be able to piece it all together, something's missing. In fact, we notice it quickly, and we're prone to act upon that. But I wonder how many can truly say that when something is missing in your own spiritual life, we stop everything that we're doing in our lives and we seek out what's missing in order to rectify it. I want to preach to you a sermon entitled, What's Missing? Out of the book of Mark chapter 10, we're going to be reading from verse 17 through to 22. Read along with me in your Bibles. The Bible says these words. Now as he was going out on the road, one came running knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teach all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, Loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. What's missing? I will look firstly and focus on the search for meaning. Now, there are very few people in life uh, that aim to live an unfulfilling life. 
It would take a very strange person to actually not care one single little bit when they're going through a tough time or they face a reversal. In fact, if we were to hear them pretending that these circumstances don't matter or that these reversals didn't really affect them that much, we would ultimately recognize that something isn't right in their life. Now, one of the hallmarks that reveals our search for meaning and searching for it is found in the questions we ask. Now, most people, as we are young, we grow into it, and our main question that we ask is, why? And we as parents, we hear this time and time again, why, Dad? Why? And it's this question of why that is searching for a reason of the for for a reason of what's happening and it is in this searching for a reason that they're able to compile in their minds exactly what is transpiring it is all found in that question why now what's significant about asking what has to do with discerning whether we want something or not now consider our text in the scripture that we're reading this evening. The Bible says in verse 17 that he was going out on the road and one came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? In other words, here is this rich young ruler that is looking for his options. He's trying to find out what are my options, whether it will either please me, benefit me, is it in my best interest? And so this rich young ruler comes to Jesus in a manner that would denote, no doubt, a search for meaning, a search for purpose. How he shows and presents himself comes across as genuine as he runs and he kneels at the foot of Jesus Christ. But what we discover is exactly found in the question he proposes, what? Now many of us have approached Jesus in like manner in the past. What must I do to be saved? What must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to have a beautiful wife? Or what must I do to have great finances? What must I do to get a great job? Over the years, it's amazing at how people will come in through our doors and experience the power of breakthrough and deliverance, uh, see God move supernaturally, uh, but it is in the what. What can I get? And little by little, these people just leave our doors And it's all found in that one question, what can I do? What must I do to obtain what I want? Now, what we must be careful of not doing is by asking the what that we begin to just search for the best option that suits us. In other words, if we come to Jesus, we kneel down, we cry out, what must I do to be saved? We need to be prepared for whatever Jesus Christ says after that question. Because it's in the what that we discover exactly what we're missing. 
Jesus lists off the commandments to see the young man's response. Listen again to our text that Jesus says, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not uh, steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honour your father and your mother. Here is Jesus uh, that begins to list out the things uh, that ought to be addressed in his life so that he can recognise if something is missing. And his response is very simple, uh, that he has been doing this from his youth. Now I come from a good Christian, Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled home. And I've recognized the blessings of being raised in that environment from an early age, being taught what's right and what's wrong. And ultimately, this motivates you to be able to strive to do what is right. But something that I discovered in my own personality But the moment I was shown the two options was the moment that I began to recognize, okay, that's what I can do. I can move between these two lines and so that whatever I do, I'm still pleasing myself. I'm still making myself happy, but I'm not violating anything. And see, what we see here in our text is this rich young ruler exposes his own heart. While all the while on the surface he comes kneeling and lifting up his own, what must I do is true. His, his true issues of his heart were revealed. It's no amount of notable things that we can do that can cause us to earn a spot in heaven. We must recognize that in each and every one of us, there's something missing. We must recognize in each and every one of us, there's something that we need to change. We must assess why we do what we do and understand whether it lines up with God's perfect will. So I want to look secondly this morning, this evening at the look from Jesus. Because here we have something that ultimately brings a new perspective. One thing that I was so frightened of when I was growing up as a young man was of my father's look. That intense stare that could burrow into your very soul of existence. That moment when your father met your eyes after you were caught doing something wrong. And it was that one look, that one stare that caused you to bring fear into your, into your bones, shivering from the inside out. Now I could only imagine when Jesus looked upon the rich young ruler, how he would have responded. It's in verse 21 of our text, then Jesus looking unto him, loving him. Sorry, in Mark chapter 10, verse 21, then Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poorer and you will have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross 
and follow me. Here is Jesus Christ. He looked at this young man. Oh, beloved, the look from Jesus Christ. What a look can do in our lives. The moment that his eyes peer upon our lives and assess exactly what's happening. So considerate, so mindful. Let us not forget that he knows the end from the beginning. He knows the state of our hearts. He knows exactly what we are going through. And it is just with one look that he looks at that young, rich, young ruler and says, there's one thing you lack. There's something missing. See, Jesus, with one look, is able to see things that we can't see. He's able to notice the blind spots in our areas. Have you ever been in your car, driving on the road, and you're just doing your thing, right? You got into your car that morning, maybe you're off to work, or maybe you're off to the grocery store to drop off the kids at school. You get into your car and you start driving. And as you're driving, you're going through lanes just as you normally do. But all of a sudden, flashes behind you. There's toots or someone is showing you the direction to heaven. And you look out your window to recognize that you've cut somebody off accidentally. Now, you didn't do that on purpose. You didn't wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to cut off a maroon golfer just to see his response and make his day miserable. The truth is, it's a blind spot. It's something that you can't see that others can. And it is in this that ultimately Jesus, with one look, is able to see the rich young rulers a blind spot. There's something missing, my friend. There's something that you're not seeing. There's something that you are not aware of, and I'm looking at it right now. It was Peter. When confronted by Jesus Christ, before going to the cross, making the bold claim, I'll never deny you. I'll never forsake you. I am the one disciple that you can throw all your you know, fruit into this basket. We're going to carry it and it's going to be all right. Matthew 26, 33 through to 35. The Bible says, Then Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Surely I say to you this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And so all the disciples said. See, Peter couldn't see that blind spot. Yet Jesus did. There was something that was missing. There was something that he was unaware of. And yet he tries to cover it up by saying, you know what, I'll never, I'll be, I'll be fine. But see, Jesus sees things that we can't see. And these blind spots are what pre it's what's preventing God from fulfilling his perfect will in our lives. 
See, when we consider the look that Jesus gave to the rich young ruler, firstly, we note that it's a look of love. It's amazing at how Jesus does not give the rich young ruler a death, spare, a death stare. He doesn't just look at him in disgust. What a stupid question. Please, remove that man from my side. What a germ. No, no, no. This is a look of love. Aren't you glad that this is the way he responds when he sees us? That ultimately he sees the faults, he sees the errors, he knows the faults and the blind spots, he sees them all, but there's still love. That he does not remove the love that he has for each and every one of us. No doubt this young man had blind spots and it was in the arena of too much money. Now this isn't a sermon about having too much money. Jesus was simply highlighting that there was a blind spot. There was a distraction in your life. There is something that is going to take you away from the will of God and you must address it today. Now, I'm glad that with just one look, he can show us the areas that we have to work on. You know, we don't have to fear the look of Jesus. Because his look will expose those stumbling blocks that are there in our lives. Trying to hinder what God wants to do in our hearts. Trying to hinder exactly what he has for each and every one of us. But see, unless we deal with those will miss out on all that he has. Consider this evening if your life was like a bread basket. See, a bread basket can only hold so much. You have been there, you go to the shop and you have this basket and as you're holding it, you're just placing one item into this basket. But what you discover is that this basket becomes full to capacity. And now every time that you want to put something more in, you have to remove something out. Every time that maybe you bend over to pick something else, if something falls out, you grab something, but you end up with the same amount. Now consider something that Jesus is highlighting here. That you won't be able to do all that I've created you to do with all that extra luggage that you're carrying. There are some things that you're not aware of that with just one look from Jesus Christ can expose, can be revealed and can be dealt with. So I want to look thirdly and in closing at walking away full. Unfortunately, the rich young ruler walks away sorrowful. But see, this isn't the intention of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to walk away sorrowful this evening. He doesn't want you to walk away feeling as though you are worthless or of no use. In fact, what we see from this passage of Scripture is Jesus wanting you to walk away full. In other words, His desire is for you to experience the fullness of God. 
Notice that the Gadarean demoniac in Mark chapter 5 verse 19, after experiencing a great miracle of deliverance, the man was running around the tombs, cutting himself, howling at the moon, and Jesus delivers him. And at that moment, Jesus is uh, 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 met by this young convert. And the Bible says that Jesus responds and says, However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Here is this Gadarean demoniac. He experienced incredible breakthrough, deliverance from all manner of demons. And yet you would no doubt think he would be the perfect candidate to be on the impact team with Jesus Christ. On fire for God, deliverance, miracle. But Jesus says, go home, tell your friends. How different that is to the story that we read in Mark chapter 10 about the rich young ruler. Jesus says, go sell all you have. Come take up your cross and follow me. He presents the rich young ruler with an incredible opportunity, an opportunity of a lifetime. And he denies it. You know, I'm here to just let you know something. Don't ever confuse the sacrifice over the greater reward that Jesus has for you. Verse 20 of our text, Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way. Sell whatever you have and give it to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Did you read that? Did you catch what Jesus just proposed to this rich young ruler? Riches in heaven. An opportunity of a lifetime. And he went away sorrowful. Listen to me. Don't ever think that any possession you have is worth more than a moment or a meeting with Jesus Christ. What could be greater than heavenly riches? What could be greater than being in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ? Don't ever fall for that lie. Yeah, but if I give my life to Jesus Christ, then the sacrifice, oh, I'd have to give up this, I'd have to give up that, I won't be able to go there or do that. Listen to me, there is a greater reward that Jesus has for us. Just one moment with Jesus Christ can make all the difference. One prayer meeting, one service in church, one moment in the Bible reading His Word, one conversation with pastor, one conference can trigger a chain reaction. Heavenly riches. Things you could never imagine that you'd ever possess. 
God can make them accessible to you. What could be triggered in your life right now? If you would just value one moment with Jesus Christ. See, I'm here to let you know that this needs to be our life. When Jesus said to the rich young ruler, go sell all that you have, he was saying, get rid of all your distractions. You've got to be all in. See, the only way that you will be happy is if you give your everything to God. You can't be one foot in church and one foot in the world. You can't be half-hearted when it comes to your dedication to Jesus Christ. You can't be, yes, Lord, but let me just go and bury my, let me just go and plant, let me just go and marry. Listen, be all in. Because what he offers is treasures in heaven. And there's nothing that can compare to that. Trust me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. God has great things for you. God has incredible, incredible things for each and every one of us. Opportunities of a lifetime. But it's got to be your all. You've got to be all in. It's got to be your everything. Let me close with this story about Marco Mariotti. Marco Mariotti is a Belgium news reporter and was covering the story about two missing young girls. Now we got to the stage where police were appealing to the public to try to help the finding of a 12-year-old girl called Yoni and a 7-year-old sister called Liana. Some time had gone past and they had vanished without a trace. All they knew was that they had taken a little blue suitcase on wheels with them. And so here is Marco who is reporting on this two missing young girls. And one night at 10 p.m., he just decided to climb into his car and head towards the parents' home, hoping that as he's driving the streets, uh, he would maybe come across some police searchers search teams on the way. He said, as I drove from one side of town to the other, I saw nothing there. I turned and still nothing. That was then, that was when he came across a surprise in a remote region where there was no houses, but just empty parking lots. He said, I suddenly saw two dark shadows walking out of the corner of my eye. Although it was pitch dark, I saw that one person was slightly taller than the other. They also had a wheeled luggage with them, the same sort uh, that the police said the missing kids had. He knew from that very moment that he had stopped writing a story. He stopped being a reporter and he started doing something for these young girls. Mariotti added that once he found himself in a real-life situation, he put aside his reporting, and his main priority was the safety of these two girls. It wasn't long after that he saw those two shadows that he 
contacted the police and it was those two young girls that were missing that were found, recovered and given back to their parents. But listen to what he said. He said these words, the only thing on my mind was those frightened little girls. It was all very emotional. Mariotti learned something very powerful. There's more than just what we do, but rather allowing it to infiltrate who we are. The moment he grasped this lesson, it's more than just a story. It's more than just two little girls. These are precious to someone. That he allowed it to change him from the inside out. It became who he was. And this is why he was able to find and help these police officers to find these two girls. What about you this evening? Is what Jesus Christ challenging you about to sacrifice, to give up, to be aware of, to not neglect? Is that too much of a sacrifice? than the heavenly treasures that he has for each and every one of us, for all those who choose to sacrifice and surrender. See, Jesus Christ wants your everything. And if you are willing to lay it down, listen, you're not going to walk away sorrowful. You're going to be walking away full of his presence, of his power, of his provision. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that wants to transform you tonight hallelujah why don't we quickly seal off in a word of prayer let's quickly bow our heads we're going to close our eyes this evening